0: Hey, this is Daniel Walcott, and you're listening to the Tomahawk Roundup.
1: All right, so what is going on, guys? This is Frank Zorowski here with the Tomahawk Roundup, and I am joined by a face and a voice that Chicago hockey fans should know. And if you don't know, you're going to introduce now Daniel Walcott of the Tampa Bay Lightning organization. Daniel, how are you today?
0: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yes.
1: Yeah, so you and I share an alma mater in Nutria. You know, what do you represent, uh, what do you remember most about suiting up for Nutria Hockey during your season there?
0: I mean, it was pretty brief. Uh, I was there only my senior year. Uh, other than that, I just remember, like, the quad header was probably the most memorable game that I've played to date. I mean, there's also, I mean, there's a lot of memorable games, but that one stands out for my time in Chicago, for sure. The first one, Winnetka Ice Arena, where it feels like the crowd is right above you. So, uh, I think that was my uh, fondest memory from there.
1: Yeah, obviously for our Nutra listeners from high school, they'll remember the quad header between Nutra Hockey and Loyola Academy Hockey. That's obviously a momentous occasion that you got to play in one of those during your brief time in Chicago.
0: Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, like I said uh the rink was buzzing I, I remember the guys that was the only game they talked about all year we shaved our heads uh, in different ways for that game and it was it was pretty legit and and I'm happy that I was able to be a part of it
1: yeah, so you know, after after graduating and going to Lindenwood University, you played there for a little bit, and then transitioned to the Quebec Major Junior League. You know, how are the styles of play different from the the college hockey program in North America to the Quebec Major Juniors? Give us give us a little insight onto that, Daniel.
0: Uh, well, Lindenwood at the time they were still club uh, club hockey division one. I think this is the last year that they're going to be club hockey. They're moving to NCAA D1 next year but yeah I mean it was just me as an 18 year old playing against men honestly Uh, my captain was 26 years old uh, and I was 18 my other freshmen on my team were 21 or 22 so it was really um, making that transition from playing against older men to then going to the queue and playing against 16 year olds and 17 and 18 year olds Uh, for me I feel like the transition uh, I was more mature as a hockey player so the transition went pretty smoothly Uh, after a handful of games I was able to play in the subway series and that's basically when my name was talked about and I got put on the map really
1: yeah that subway series tell our listeners in the US about that subway series you know what it means and a little bit of background about it (laughs)
0: So basically the Subway Series is um, the Russian team send over uh, so the Russians send over a team to play against the the best players of each league in the Canadian hockey system. So us being the QMJHL, uh, we had the Quebec All-Stars that played against uh, Team Russia. And then from there they go on to the other different leagues and they you put together a, an All-Star team from your league to play against the Russians. So I mean, it was an honor for me to uh, to be a part of that. I was one step closer to making it to the World Juniors, which was always been a childhood dream for, of mine. So, uh, like I said, after that game, when I was fortunate to play in that game, uh, I think I got about 15 NHL scouts that requested to interview me, which was like from being at club hockey the year before and New Trier the year before that to, to being on the NHL radar was, was a big step, and it was unbelievable.
1: Yeah, and that that really is, you know, talking about that that perseverance and resilience, Daniel. You know, you're the embodiment of hockey resilience. You know, slugging your way from New Trier to club to the Q, then through the minors to making your NHL debut May 10th, 2021. How did you keep your mindset growing, coming to that momentous occasion of your debut during the postseason of
0: 2021? I mean, uh, I breathe hockey through and through. Um, my dad, same. Uh, even when I was playing in, in the lesser leagues, whether it be just playing high school hockey, where even going from high school hockey in Illinois to the to club hockey, people were like this guy plays high school hockey, like he's not going to make this club team. Or uh, you know, I just as long as I was playing hockey, I knew I had a chance. And Rick Zombo, my coach, told me that the NHL will find uh, NHL players. You just have to keep working hard, and, and, you know, that was kind of motivation for me. Um, I knew I was still pretty young, and I was still playing hockey, so as long as I was playing hockey, things can happen, and I was fortunate enough to, like you said, play my first NHL game um, on May 10th, and what a game that was. It's was definitely something that I'll cherish and remember forever.
1: Yeah, you know, you saw your first lineup was with one of your close friends, Matthew Joseph, and a couple other people you were rotated in around with. But the first line that you played with was an all black lineup, and that was a big deal for the sport of hockey. I guess my question for you, from a diversity perspective, you know, what was it like blazing that trail, being one of those the the on the f- opening lineup with that with your other teammates of color? Um,
0: you know at the at the time, I didn't really realize uh, how big it would be. Uh, I was just there playing my first NHL game. To me, that was that was the biggest deal that night. Uh, I think it's after the next following week, even probably just from the end of the game to that next following week, uh, it started to sink in a little more. Uh, you know, what we did was...
1: It's unfortunate that, uh, it took this long for it to happen. Yes. Uh, but it's
0: definitely, you know, being there beside two of my best friends and doing that and achieving that and hopefully being an inspiration to future generations like the generations before us were to us, like guys like Wayne Simmons, Joe McGill, PK Subban. You know, we looked up those guys growing up because they're, they're guys that look like us and in the sport that there's not many, uh, black players or people of color so uh we just hope as a as a trio that we were able to bring
1: that more more of that exposure and be an inspiration for younger generations yeah and that and that exposure is so important because obviously i don't know what it's like to be in your uh, in your shoes you know we did an interview with the legendary kevin weeks about this issue of 45 minute segments mainly about diversity in hockey and he said you know you have to understand what it's like to be on different sides of the color wheel and I think that's so important because you're putting yourself out there uh, almost like just like hey I'm here this is what I want the future to be more diverse than I was.
0: Yeah I mean you always you always try to make a difference uh, when you're put in a position where people are watching you and if being a professional athlete, you want to represent yourself well, uh, your team well, and also your sport well. And I think that um, in that situation, uh, Coach Cooper did a good job of, you know, seizing the opportunity and that was at hand. It was three of us on the same team. We all played forward and we're good buddies. And also, um, we had a chance to make history. And the fact that he did that because, you know, he didn't have to, but he chose to do it. And it's, Moments like that, and decisions like that, that you know, go a long way in the sport and in lives of
1: people. Yeah, it's it certainly does. You know, talking more about your off-ice initiatives, Daniel. You know, you're during your time with the Crunch, you have been their AHL Man of the Year nominee three different times in three different years. You know, talk about what you do off the ice in the community and the impact those nominations have on you.
0: Well, you know, uh, anytime in my earlier years, uh, we had a good group of. Uh, leaders and veterans that would go out in the community. I remember my captain, Mike Angelio, started this, uh, foundation called Change for Change. And we'd go out and, and do different, uh, like fundraisers for that foundation. And from there, anytime I was asked to, you know, visit a hospital, it was always an easy yes for me. And, um, when Big Brother and Big Sister, uh, the, the program, reached out and asked for one of the Crunch players to uh, you know, be a part of it and have a, a little brother. Uh, I jumped at the opportunity and ever since, I think that was four years ago now, I have my little brother Jeremiah. We spent a lot of time together. It just, you know, things that we ha- we have so much off time that people don't really realize that we're only at the rink three hours a day on, on practice days and we have a lot of time to go either stay home and think about hockey or get your mind off of it and and be around the community and help others and whether it be even just your teammates show them around and stuff so uh it's definitely an honor for me to you know be recognized for the hard work i I put in and and it's not gonna stop i mean it's just something that's a part of me my parents definitely instilled it in me at a young age so i mean it's it's easy so why not
1: yeah, it's, it's so easy to be decent to other people and be kind to other people. So why not just take the chance and do it? And I feel like you've got the right mentality about it, you know, pay it forward kind of thing. Let's let's help the next generation, regardless of whether they're playing hockey or not. Let's help whoever we can in whatever way we can.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I said, my parents were definitely a big part in, in instilling that in me. Um, my dad would always run... Hockey schools uh, when we were growing up, and he'd have us help out, and just from there, it's kind of second nature for me to help out wherever I can.
1: Yeah, and that's that's so important—just helping out wherever you can. You know, you, you can You had your debut last season. You're starting off with the crunch this year. You know, what are some of your goals for yourself professionally going into this season? Just talk about that a little bit, Daniel.
0: Yeah, I mean. I've been the American League for seven years now. It's my seventh season. Um, you know, you always wonder will you have an opportunity to play in the NHL? What, what's it like? What do you need to do? Uh, I think getting that, that game last year definitely, or even being up uh, for the amount of time I was, that three months, it definitely got me, gave me, opened my eyes to uh, what NHL life is, what it takes to get there. Um, unfortunately, I got I'm injured here early in the season. But uh, as soon as I can heal up and get ready to go, then I know what it's going to take, and I'm going to work hard to make my way back.
1: Yeah, and again, you're, we're talking, we're circling back to that resilience thing. You may have a, an injury right now, but like you said, you breathe hockey and you keep slogging along.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is, this is, people might see it as a job, but me, I just see it as pursuing my dream and being one step closer every day. Uh, to make it back to NHL which is the all time dream and just being a full time NHLer and you know getting a taste of it like I said it's definitely uh, it's giving me a second boost of, of energy in my career here because uh, I know I'm not going to be playing till I'm 55 years old so whenever I get the chance to work hard and do what I love I'll take I'll make the most of it and have fun with it
1: yeah definitely have fun with it you know just, just talking about your time up with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Explain to us, you know, you, you didn't play during the Stanley Cup run, but you got you got a chance to be a black ace. You know, what was that whole process like for you taking in the the postseason, and how has that helped you evolve in your professional career?
0: Well, yeah, you see, you walk around the rink. You're you're basically with the, the team. You just don't play. You know, you do the practices and stuff. Um, for me, I I really. I believe it, it helped me see what guys do in on a day to day basis. The older guys, more specifically for me, because you know I'm getting older <laughs> in my career. I'm not getting younger, so just seeing what they do to their take, how they take care of their bodies, how they eat, uh, and how they stay, you know, in shape and, and ready to perform day in day out. Uh, I got a lot of chance to spend with Cooch when he was uh, out post surgery. He was he was working his way back to the season, and we spent a lot of time together. I helped him, you know, get back to being in game shape, and you know, I learned a lot from him through that as well.
1: Yeah, explain like what did you learn specifically from Nikita Kucherov that that help that's helping you now?
0: Well, you know, you always want to when you're injured, you always want to rush back, right? And you wanna you want to get it back as fast as possible so you don't miss that many games. And he was just so patient with with how the process he did and he really took the time to not only heal the injury, but make sure that hockey wise, he didn't miss a beat. He'd be on the ice, uh, before everyone, every day, he'd be the first in the rink, he'd be doing extra. He'd go on the ice just to shoot. Um, and just things like that, that, you know, I've been injured before and I, am just worried about just getting back into game shape, you know, cardio wise and, and making sure my injury better. But, Seeing him go through it and making sure that his hockey side things are also uh, sharp um, was definitely something that I I'm taking to my new rehab this year. So
1: yeah, taking taking it from one of the best in the league, Nikita Kucherov. I mean, that's that's so incredible that you you get to work with him and you get to absorb some of that greatness into your own game.
0: Yeah, and like I said, uh, when I was up there, I, I learned a lot, and and I couldn't wait to come back here and and apply it just right now I'm I'm working through an injury so even maybe more time to even just sit back and take it all in and be ready to you know take it patiently like he did
1: yes. yeah yeah def- definitely taking it all in and you know healing up not rushing the process daniel before we head out today is there anything else you want to add for listeners around the US, Canada and beyond, you know thanks so much for coming on again
0: oh i mean the just Stick to your dream. You know, there's gonna be a lot of people that'll will tell you that's probably not attainable. Like there were for me, and like there are for many of the guys that make it. Um, there's always someone that's jealous or thinks they know better. Just trust your gut, and if you love the sport, you go until you can't do it anymore. So,
1: trust that's your gut. Trust your gut and go until you can't go anymore. Wise words from Daniel Walcott. Daniel Walcott, Nutriere alum, member of the Tampa Bay Lightning organization. Daniel, thank you so much for the time.
0: No, thank you very much.